But good morning, everybody. Are we well this morning? Are we loved? Are we blessed? Are we joyful? Are we peaceful? Are we whole? Are we content? Awesome. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. I see smiles. Uncle Ellen, how are you? It is so good to see you. Praise the Lord. Wow. How's your recovery going? Praise God. Amen. Yeah, welcome back. Give him a round of applause. For those who didn't know, it was a hip surgery, hey? Hip, hip replacement surgery. Praise the Lord. And you good? You back in your boogie again? You happy? Ah, praise God. That's amazing. Not, not yet. He's doing not the hip-hop dance again. <laughs> <laughs> the hip is hopping. I'm sorry, that's Pastor Diddy. That's just, you know, his gifting of dad jokes. Please stop. No. <laughs> All righty. Everyone's smiling. Uh, everyone's happy. Good, good. Is everyone, look at the person next to you. Are they awake? Just check. Double check. Okay, good, good. Praise the Lord. You know, when you're sitting in an environment like this, <clears throat> it's called sozo life. So the word actually brings sotero life to your soul. Did you guys know that? The word sotero, what does it mean, guys, in Greek? You should know, discipleship uh, students. It means salvation. It means peace. It means Sing. wholeness. It yeah, means healing. You know? So if you suffer from sleep sickness and you're sitting in this environment, Sotero is going to keep you awake. Amen. Are you with me? Just relax. <laughs> Let Sotero keep you awake. Amen? Is there, is there a cure for coldness? Freezing, freezingness? If you have constipation, <laughs> run. <laughs> Sotero is going to set you free. <laughs> but, but it's true, though. You know, it's so, it's so amazing that so many times in the Bible we hear how, and having heard the message, faith rose in their heart. Having heard the message, faith rose in their heart, you know? And like we heard this morning, I mean, you, we have victory every time in Christ. You know, that should be such good news to us, guys, you know? So, you know, last week we had so much good feedback from the, the Do Not Worry piece we had last we week. We weren't supposed to go into yeah. that, but... <laughs> that was funny. We came with a whole thing. We're like, okay, we're ready. And it's like, no, we're not doing that today. We're doing Do Not Worry. Praise the Lord. Were you guys blessed by that last week? You guys, hey, do not worry. And I mean, it's such, uh, to hear that word puts such a hope in our hearts. Mm. You know, it's, it's, but a hope from the point of view with regard to what we're seeing. Because by faith, we know we have. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? But we, we use that to say, oh man, God is good. He is with me. And when you hear the message, it's not just, okay, we're doing our churchly thing today. Oh, Bash, hurry up, dude. You gotta go. Don't, don't have that attitude, please. Maybe when Didi's speaking, not me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but it is that thing that God's word is loving. God's word is the key to changing anything that is holding you back in life. God's word is the key for removing all fear, removing all insecurity, any pressure, anything you're feeling. God's word is the key, guys. Amen. Remember, the, wherever the mind goes, the man goes. Amen. So our soul, I mean, whenever we allow our soul to be open to revelation from God, something, a word or a moment or his presence, something that's going to touch our soul in that moment, if we open for that, <clears throat> it's going to bring salvation now to the soul. Are you with me? Today is the day of salvation. Yep. Amen? And every time we're in His presence or we're hearing the Word or we open ourselves up to the Word, the Word will come in and the Word will set the soul in victory. Are you with me? Every time. Every time. It is the message that bears the fruit. Did you know that? That's it. 
It's the message that bears fruit. Go look in Colossians 1 verse 9 and read all the way through and you'll see. So, men, never discount the word of God in your life. Never. It is flesh to your, uh, sorry, it is life to your flesh and bones. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> uh, it was getting broken down the other day. So, it's electric magnetic impulses coming to your eyes, coming to your ears. And those, that information, once it goes into your eyes and ears, gets processed in your brain through your intellect. And guess what happens? If it's good news, it releases endorphins. Everything gets translated from the electro electromagnetic impulses that go in your eyes and ears, and it gets translated into hormones. If you want to get scientific, and then those hormones are released through the body. And if it's good news, guess what? If it's empowering news, if it's truth, it releases hormones that actually make you feel good. But if you're seeing something negative, you're, seeing, you're hearing something negative, or you're getting disconnected from your original identity, what's going to happen is it's going to release a fight or flight feelings and hormones inside your body. And if you're constantly feeling in fight or flight because you're not connecting to your true image, you're not being reminded of what Christ has done for you, you're constantly anxious, you're constantly uh, creating a certain environment within your very cells that will bring uh, um, sickness and disease. Amen? Turn to the person and say, don't discount the message. It is the message that saves your soul. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, amen, for it is the power amen. to save a man's soul, mm, mm. amen. Just put your hand on your head and say, thank you, Jesus, my soul, is at, soul is at peace, and as my soul prospers, as my, soul prospers my, entire prospers. my entire life prospers, thank you, Lord, amen. Amen. amen, amen, awesome, so you must go to uh, <clears throat> Chicken Licking and get that soul pack, <laughs> with the extra spice, and that's going to release some man. feelings in you as well. <laughs> Amen. So we're getting back to our topic. Last week we went right off of it because there was obviously an urgency from the Spirit to speak about uh, evidence and faith and, and all those things in, in the midst of worry. Yep. And uh, it really impacted a lot of people. So we're going to get back to, to marriage this morning. Amen. Who's married in the, in the, in the room? In the whom? In Who's the married room? in the room? Won't all the married couples please stand up quickly? Let's give them a round of applause. Come on. I'm married in the home. <laughs> Come on, stand up, guys. Come on, let's honor these guys. Woo! I just, I want you guys to shout out. Auntie Livy, Uncle Trevor, how long have you been married? 39 years. 39 years. Oh, Harris, Basi? 36 years. We're looking for the winners here. Who's the winners here today? Chris? Eight years, okay, okay. 52 oh. years. Okay, we, do we have a winner? Do we have a, is there anyone above 52, 52? Huh? 58, 58 yes. years, my gosh. Okay, okay, okay. But we can get some of the others anyway. You guys, what, like six months? Four months. <laughs> Mark and Heather, 32 years. Come on, let's give them a round of applause. What about the guys at the back there? 25 years, praise the Lord, a quarter of a century, seven years, awesome, yes, 
39. Sure. 39. Wow. Give them a round of applause, guys. Come on. Man. You know why I want to applaud them? Because I know it's hard work. <laughs> wasn't much, it wasn't very hard for Trish, but it's been hard for me. Just joking. But uh, <laughs> she's telling me, she's like, Bashi, tell him, Bashi, tell him. <laughs> but you know what the cool thing is, guys, is that why I want to applaud that is because these people here are such an example for all of us. Amen? Of 39 years, 52 year, 58 years, come on. I mean, dedicated, committed to one person, constantly searching and seeking out a way to love that person no matter how you feel. 100%. Hey, Emil? Yeah. Hey, Emil, what the heck? I need a meal. Maybe I'm hungry. I don't know. I said a meal instead of amen. <laughs> Jesus is the bread of life, yes. So, are you guys with me? Man, they chose God's way to show their love. That's it. There's people out there. I mean, yes, see, uh, uh, Alicia, I didn't get you. How long have you been married, right? You guys been married? You, you forgot. <laughs> Somebody's not getting lunch today. <laughs> but are you, are you with me? We... We have ta chosen marriage. You must remember something, guys. Marriage doesn't come from the government. Marriage is not a law that was written in by the courts. Marriage is something that God and only God designed between a man and a woman. That's right. Amen? Yeah. I don't care what they say today. It's between a man and a man and a man and a donkey and a man and a whatever. It was designed between a man and a woman. It was designed by God. It is so precious to God. He calls it his, the mystery are you with me? We're going to get a bit into that today. But, you know, people just think that marriage is this agreement that we go, get in a, we go to the court and they sign it and it's a, it's a contract between two people. And now, listen, by the power of this contract, you shall perform whatever. God didn't design it like that. Yeah. Amen. God did not design it like that. If we look at it like that, we lose the heart of what God put in the framework of marriage is such a precious thing. I spoke to people the other day, they've been together for like 10 years, 15 years, and they, 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 the guy said to me, the day we get married is the day we'll break up. What? Yeah. But uh, it's just crazy stuff. And I thought to myself, man, you're missing out. You're missing out because you can actually see that there's an arrangement that's been made, but not out of love. It's an arrangement, an arrangement out of convenience and fear. You know? We'll do it our way, and just so that we don't, you know, uh, give ourselves over to the fear or whatever, we'll protect ourselves without having some kind of an agreement. Yeah. Yeah. How crazy is that? You know? Scary, scary stuff. But marriage is so beautiful, and it is the relationship that depicts the one between us and God. That's right. Turn to the person next to you say, marriage, marriage. Can, be can be heaven. Marriage can literally be hell <laughs> on earth. Amen? Do it God's way. We even get these folks who think, you know, we'll just go get married because it's the right thing to do. Listen, everybody looks at God's stuff. They look at God's blessings. They look at God's laws. They look at how God laid out stuff, and they, they want to taste it. They want to go and experience it. So they go and get married because they know, wow, man, this is such a cool thing, two people committing to each other for a lifetime. I need that. I know I need that. I know they need that. <clears throat> and then they go and try and attempt to do marriage, but then they don't go into how God says marriage should be done. Yeah. I mean, if he created it, surely there's a way that it should be done. Amen? So we've got we to 
we've got to be these kinds of people. When we seek out God's stuff, we can't just seek out His stuff. We've got to seek out how He planned His stuff to bless us. Amen? There's something deeper in there than just a contract, than just an agreement. Yeah, we need to go in and understand why did he use that construct. Exactly. I mean, he could have chosen any way. I mean, he's God. He could have chosen any way to set it up to give it to us. But in his wisdom, in his understanding, in his knowledge, he set it forth like this. You know, and that goes with everything in life. I mean, obviously, we're touching on the, the Adam and Eve and the Adam and Steve version of things, you know. Yeah. But there's a reason that God put all of those things in place. And the reason was for our pleasure. God designed us to have a full, content, rewarding life, a joyful life. Unfortunately, we all came into the world when it was fraught and fallen, okay? But God's initial plan was not. It was the perfect utopia. And the models that stand today are the models that he established since the foundations of the earth. You know, let us make man in his image, and God made them both male and female, right? And the institute of marriage, like you mentioned, you know, it's uh, uh, Christ uses that as his relationship with us. What does he say? He says, you are the bride and I am the bridegroom. Are you guys with me? So when we, when we talk and we say, listen, it is the right thing to do, 100%. It is the right thing to do. But walking with God has never been about what's right and what's not. It's about life. That's what walking with God is about. You know, Jesus said that he had come to give us life and life abundantly, right? But then he goes and says, and says, this is abundant life that they may know you, the Father, right? He didn't say this is abundant life that they may do everything right. Are you guys with me? See, doing everything right is merely a side effect or fruit of knowing the Father. Because why? You're going to produce after his nature, you're going to be a disciple. You're going to be formed into his likeness. Are you guys with me? So don't ever, ever look at anything that God has set up as, oh, it's just like that. You know? There is a pursuit we must have in our heart to say, but God, you are a being of purpose. You know, you always use that example that even the dog poo has a purpose. The dog poo on the grass, right? Bacteria. The bacteria on the poo, not the poo itself, sorry. <laughs> but... But everything, everything that God instituted has a purpose. And, and the good news is this, because God is good, that everything is for our good. What did we do two weeks ago? Was it, uh, not, yeah, the, week, the previous episode of this, we spoke about how to the pure, yes. all things are pure. Yeah. Are you guys with me? And everything that God has given us, guys, is a blessing, you know? And sorry, just as we were honoring all the, uh, um, the, the, the married couples here this morning, young people, I want to tell you, take the time. Sit down with these very wise people in your family here. Get the stories. Get the lessons. What's your favorite saying, Deeds? Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to remind. It's a rhetorical question. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the lesson of wisdom is this, is that you must listen to people, right, who have already forgotten lessons that you still have to learn. Telling you now, young people, whether you're single, in a relationship, whatever it is, sit down and find out. Oh, no, but I don't like the way they did that. It doesn't matter. Sit down and listen. You get to choose to do it however, you know, you can express it in God's model. But sit down and listen. Listen to the wisdom. Gentlemen. Listen to why they did it that way. Yeah, yeah. And so also, that you don't do that. Same 100%, thing. because the model is the model, and we see the model working great in some circumstances, and 
not so great in other circumstances. But the truth is, have an open heart, have an open mind, and, and sit down and have conversations with these people. Cut off years from your life in, in lessons by listening, by learning from people who have already gone through it. Are you guys with me? No, but they don't know how to use Facebook. I don't care. No one knew how to use a spoon at one stage, but your mom still had to teach you, okay? Are you guys with me? Take the time, humble yourselves and listen for your own benefit. Because I promise you, sometimes, you know, you'll see a situation and someone who's been through it a thousand times just be up and like, oh, why didn't you do that? You're like, wow, this just saved me like three months of, of struggle here. Are you guys with me? Don't have it in your heart that, no, the way I'm going to do it is the right way. You're going str- to stumble first, I promise you. It's going to be rough. Get your lessons. Get, get your, your notes. You know your, your cheat sheet? Get your cheat sheet. It's like, hey, but you know what? Uncle Trevor said this. He said, even if you've got somewhere to go, make sure. Until he said, even if he hasn't, just make sure. Are you guys with me? Uncle Harris said, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> Auntie Vasi also said, she was shouting most of the time, but she said, you know? Whatever it is, it's a joke. Mom, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. It's a joke. (laughs) Are you guys understanding what I'm saying? Humble yourselves. See value in this model. Take the time. Because I promise you, we have seen it time and time again in this church that people who have been together, like not married, living together, just, you know, having that convenient relationship for years even. When they come here, they hear the gospel and they're like, whoa, we have to do this God's way. I promise you. After that wedding day, when that commitment is made before God and before the, the, the brothers in Christ, when that commitment is made, those people are like, their lives just, their, their lives just change. They're in love like on another level. It's crazy. We, yeah, you see the benefit of the model. Are you guys with me? So please, my message is to the younger folk, the single folk, right? Take, <laughs> Ashley's like, yeah, take the time. I'm telling you, learn these lessons. Open your heart and seek this wisdom. No one's telling you to do it like they did or anything, but at least gather the experience. Amen? Gather the experience and make your road smooth. Love wisdom just like the Bible tells us. Amen? Yeah, love God's, love God's framework for God's things, you know? Learn why God made it the way he did and learn how he wants you to live it out. Because that's why today we approach marriage, the church approaches marriage like it approaches all of its other beliefs. And we know what the church's main belief in the modern day world is, it's, it's works, you know? It's just works and duty and, and legalism, transactional uh, relationships. Because remember what we said, the first relationship that sets all other relationship is our one with God. So if we think that our relationship with God is transactional, legalistic, dutiful, guess what? That's all you got. So let's say, no, let's not do that because there's there's enough of that stuff. So let's say the partner, okay, (laughs) the partner needs water from you, but you don't have water. What's going to happen to the partner? They're going to thirst. They're going to die of thirst eventually within that environment. Are you with me? So if all you know about God is legalism, duty, the right thing to do, you know about, you know, transactional uh, uh, relationship with God. If I give my 10, then God blesses me. If I go to church, then this, do good, get good, do bad, get beat. Then you take that and you turn it to your partner. What kind of marriage do you think you're going to have? It's terrible. Yeah, it's a rough one. But this is why today, did you know that the church statistics when it comes to divorce 
are exactly the same as the world now. <clears throat> so the thing that God defined, that God put together for his children within his church, now is just as broken as the ones in the world. There's a problem. Because we're relating to each other through this projection that we have of God. Are you with me? And we're not getting down to what the Word says. We've got to know the Word. Amen? There's a reason why the Word was given to us, guys. That's it. It's not a nice to have. It's a have to have. Amen? I mean, Jim Richards gives this brilliant example of he's sitting, he's, he's busy touring around America, preaching at different churches, and he's sitting in a hotel room, so he puts on TBN. He hates putting it on, but he puts it on anyway because he's got nothing else to do, <laughs> hoping that he'll get something good on there. And what happens is this guy gets up, and he's, and he's speaking on biblical uh, marriage, biblical principles for marriage. And what he does is, before he starts his message, <clears throat> he calls his wife up from the audience, and he says, honey, come and stand next to me. And he, and he grabs his wife's hand and he says, let me tell you something. Marriage is a tool for spiritual warfare. I mean, this guy's about to preach on biblical principles of marriage. And he starts off with, his marriage is a tool for warfare. If we behave right in this marriage, if we get it right, the devil can't come in. Holy schmoly's. That's biblical, listen, that's legalism, that's duty, that's transactional, that's got nothing to do with love, nothing to do with value, nothing to do with a deep commitment, nothing to do with the other person. It's about if we get this thing right, we keep the devil at bay and we keep God blessing us. We can live like that for 40 years. I don't even have to know who you are. You don't have to know who I am. But let's just get this right so that we can have a good life. What the heck? Now you want to know when money, when money issues come into the house or when there's all these other challenges that come into the house, why Christian marriages crack and break just as quick as worldly marriages. Because there's no deep connection. So I'm, I keep pointing towards you, but you, you know what I'm saying. You, you want to substitute is, me? Yeah, Trisha, Trisha come, come, come sit <laughs> <laughs> but, but are you with me? This is a problem, guys. And now we've got all these marriage counseling courses in the church. Listen, I've counseled uh, quite a few people in, in, in marriage counseling. Can I give you the secret? Who wants to know the secret? The secret is marriage counseling doesn't work. doesn't work it's good I mean and it, and it has and it puts forth a lot of potential but it doesn't work why because if those two people do not see value in each other and do not see value in the goal of being committed to each other in a deep meaningful relationship if they have not settled in their hearts that that's the one I love, that's the one I serve, that's the one I want to be with, that's the one I want to grow with, that's the one I want to know beyond anyone else except God, then you can say, you can do, you can stand on the town hall steps. You know that saying, I'm not going to finish that one off. Are you with me? Nothing's going to carry that relationship except love. Love, value. Hello? Yeah. How can I teach you how to honor someone that you don't love? Fear. 
You're going to come to me. You're going to, oh, man, do you know sometimes marriage counseling can make things worse? Because for the first 20 minutes, guess what? It's all about, I'm going to tell the pastor how fraught you are. I'm going to tell him all your bad secrets. I'm going to hang up all your soiled underwear, yeah? I'm going to hang it out in front of him. And you are going to know what? Not how much I love you or how much value I have for you. You're going to know I'm right and you're wrong. And the pastor's going to help me tell you. Don't go to those pastors. <laughs> that's, the, that's the idea of this thing. So that could actually turn out 10 times worse. Could actually turn out being a, 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 a court case. Yeah. It's true. He just keeps laughing. Boxing match. A boxing match, a court case, you know, a protest for my rights. You know, that's what it could be. The only thing that can actually mend that broken relationship is the fact that I, you know what I always do? I get them to look at each other in the eyes, no matter how much they are offended with each other. And I say, now stop and listen to the Holy Spirit. And I want you to look in your heart. Look, I keep looking at you. Look at the other person. <laughs> I shouldn't have had this haircut, man. <laughs> look at this other, that other person. Take some time, look in your heart and tell me, can you see value for future? Can you see a value in tomorrow with that person? Do you truly love this person? Because I can tell you one thing, you know, three months ago, when everything was fine and you didn't need to come to the pastor for marriage counseling, you didn't, you didn't care half of the stuff that they were doing. Something's wrong. Something's happened between then and now. Are you with me? Isn't it crazy that love covers a multitude of sins? Amen? Six months ago, she could walk up behind him and pick up his socks on the floor, put his toothpaste cap back on the toothpaste. What are you talking about, Jeb, Not you. I'm talking about Chish. <laughs> I, always leave the tooth, I always leave the toothpaste cap off, and she wants to throw me with the toothpaste. But, but are, are you with me? You know, all these things, guess what? Because they were in love, because the, the, the vision was the future and the value still was the banner, are you with me? Yeah. They can go through this stuff. They can clean the extra dishes. They can do whatever, work the extra hours. They can pick up the dirty underwear. They can, you name it, they can do each other's chores. And guess what? They do it with a smile on their face. Why? Because they're in love. They're in value. Amen? The only reason why now the stinky socks are getting to you is because somewhere down the line, You've forgotten about the value for that person and you're looking inwardly and you're trying to find something within yourself. Are you with me? You've forgotten how much God loves you. You've forgotten how whole you are. Now, everything that person says, oh, you chew like a cow. It sounds like cud coming up at the breakfast table. But six months ago, they could... Hey, I love you, babe. See you later. Are you, are you with me? It's the truth. It's the truth. I wish you'd just stop humming. <laughs> and whistling. What, what, you know, all those things. Why are you breathing so loud? What are you talking about? <laughs> Yo, Trisha said that to me before. 
laying in bed and she's like, Jeez, what's wrong with you breathing so deeply? I'm like, (gasps) (laughs) 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 if I stop breathing, will you love me? I'll be dead. Cook is is laughing too much, yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Are you with me? So so what's happened? It's just a fence. It's just a fence. Guess what? All that's happened is you're not drinking from the source. You may be taking your eyes of God for a little short while and now you're looking at your partner thinking they're going to be able to give you. But listen, they weren't able to give it to you in the past. You had the capacity to give to them. Even when they forgot their socks on the floor or whatever it is. What are some of the pet hates here in, in, in these long-term marriages? Tell us, Uncle Trevor. What is what some of the pet oh, hates? Uncle Trevor's a wise man. He is keeping <laughs> quiet. <laughs> you should ask the ladies to share. Yeah. It's safer. <laughs> All these men are wise. Yeah, you see you see, young people, I told you, wisdom over the years. Wisdom. They're all pleading the fifth, yeah. pleading the fifth. What are you talking about? She's, <laughs> she's perfect, Pastor Didi. She's a queen. What are you talking about? Amen. But listen, you know, this is why you can't, you can't, you know, everything comes from God, guys. It starts with Him first. You're able to give nothing of yourself. Your soul is so beautiful, but it is so fragile. It is, in, in, a, in an instant, it can be changed by something traumatic, something pressurized. Are you with me? I was sitting here watching rugby with people yesterday, and because the Springboks were, I, I heard words coming out of people's mouths. That was so out of character, I was blown away. I was like, what? That guy's name is Dwayne from, it's not, See you something else and something else. <laughs> All of a sudden, every guy on the Springbok team's name had four letters. <laughs> Are you with me? It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It's but, crazy. and these are like beautiful people. You know what I'm saying? They are. They're still beautiful. But what I'm saying is, your soul is so fragile. At any stage, a little bit of pressure, a little bit of... Uh, um, a tribulation, a little bit of controversy, a little bit of whatever, and your soul is not uh, able to give what others need. Amen? Yeah. We need to cling to our relationship with God. Everything starts with Him. Yeah. Everything. That's it. And you know, in uh, that scripture, that love covers a multitude of sins. You know, I mean, it's not a doctrinal thing that's talking about you know what Jesus is. We know our sins are washed away by the blood, right? But it's, it's that same mechanic because, um, you know, you, you, get, you get certain people that when they mess up, they're so hard on themselves. Like, it's, jeez. And it's like, God, I'm going to come back to you when I'm feeling better. Yeah. You just wait here. I'm coming back. You know, we create that argument. Meanwhile, he's in our hearts. <laughs> and he's with us through it all, you know. But the thing is, is that that love covers a multitude of sins. You need to experience that with God. You have to. Because you see, knowing that your sins are forgiven, knowing that Christ paid the price, you know all these things, your soul, like we've explained um, over the years and months this year, you know, about how uh, the heart works, you know, the conscience, the condemnation, you know, all this kind of stuff. Still understanding that in the midst of 
the fierce judgment that you have against yourself, there is still one that loves you unconditionally. Are you, are you guys with me? Now, the thing is, is that whenever you deal with people, and I mean, we're talking in marriage as well, I mean, I'm pretty sure it doesn't get more unconditional than that. Married people can confirm, right? It's, that's like the space where you practice this thing, eh? <laughs> the unconditional. <laughs> that's the space. But if you're not having an experience from a perfect person with a perfect person, to try and put that together with someone who is imperfect as you are becomes very difficult. It becomes very, very hectic. And I mean, in all the marriage, marriage counseling, we, we've seen over and over again, it's not actually an issue, it's just an offense. It's just an expectation that wasn't met. It's just a hurt that happened. It's just, whatever it was, it's just that that takes place. The, there really isn't an issue with the mug on the counter or something that was left, the shoes. or what, the, That's not the real issue. The real issue is always deep down. When, and we've seen over the years, when we, when we talk hours and hours and we get through all this stuff that's wrong, deep down there at the core is like, but you hurt me. Are you guys with me? But you hurt me. And, and the Bible gives us this explanation uh, um, over and over again through the gospel that we made ourselves enemies of God because of that same offense, the guilt, the condemnation, everything that we carried. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't say, God, you hurt me. Okay, he's perfect. Then I'm just going to go away. Uh, are you with me? So when you're in that space, guys, and, and this mechanic of love covering a multitude of sins, I mean, if you think about it, I don't know if you guys at any point in your life ever got so tired of dealing with yourself, you know? I, I've, I, like, I've had a few moments over my life where I was just like, I'm so over it, man. I'm such a mess. <laughs> you know? You sit there and you, yeah, and, and you feel sorry for yourself, you know? But then when you learn, you learn how faith works through love, and through that process, you sit, you know, like, Lord, you know what? I'm such a chamos, but you're with me. And I'm going to experience your love right now. You know, and you start practicing that in the midst of you being such a chamos, you start experiencing God's amazing love. You actually realize what gives you value. You actually realize that me doing well is not the key here to, to me having value. In the same way, people in my life... The key to them doing well, I mean, the key to them having value is not them doing well. It's me being able to channel the unconditional love. Just as I have practiced receiving it from God and understand how he gives to me. Because Jesus makes a statement, I think it's John 14, 13, somewhere there, where he says, I do not give to you the way the world does. Now, man, as a believer, you can sit and chew on that for a while. Because if God doesn't give to us the way the world does, then we need to change the way that we in interact with him. And consequently, it'll change the way we deal with each other. Always. The very thing that kills marriages is legalism, guys. Like I was saying, the way we see God is the way we see each other. Mm -hmm. So you guys want to hear a, a profound revelation. I'm going to give it to you in the Greek word for, for divorce. Just write this down. He's taking notes here this morning. This is the Greek word for divorce. This is how you spell it. U, and it's very hard to pronounce. U-N-F-O-R-G-I-V-E-N-E-S-S. That's the Greek word. Yeah. Should I spell it out again? It's, it's U-N- F-O-R-G-I-V-E 
N E double S. Uh, the the thing is is G four seven nine nine. That's that's what it is. So that's how I'm you spell divorce. Like that's that's actually another word for divorce in the Greek. And then for marriage, it's uh, in the Greek. It's spelled like this. Are you, can you are you taking notes? Okay. It's S A C R. I hope I'm spelling this correctly. <laughs> is that right? Yeah, you're good. You're good. Oh. C R I F I C E. <laughs> Sacrifice. <laughs> Amen. So simple. We don't need three years of theology here. We don't need all these things. Divorce comes from pridefulness because we don't want to forgive each other. Simple. And blissful marriage comes from us putting the other person first and always sacrificing for them. That's it. Amen? Amen. Love is sacrifice. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Amen? The essence of love, the thing that makes love love is sacrifice. Amen? So we're going to get into marriage a little bit deeper. We're going to get into Ephesians 5, but we don't have time this week, obviously. We're going to get into Proverbs 31. Anyone ever heard of the Proverbs 31 woman? I heard something so interesting the other day. That comes every woman's day. (laughs) Every church, be a Proverbs 31. We're going to get into that because you you won't believe what I heard. I'm going to close with this, guys, but this is how crazy this is. I heard this guy say the other day, he said, as soon as a man... A man builds cities and businesses and homes and and societies. A man builds and he thrives and everything because he's pursuing many women. Now, this comes from Andrew Andrew Tate's school of whatever, okay? So he says, as soon as a man gets married, his drive for life dies because he's got only one woman. He's not, he doesn't need to get more partners now. So he stops producing. He stops building facts. He stops building life. He stops pursuing all this stuff. Yes, these guys. <laughs> this, is, this is how sick the world is, guys. Okay? I mean, if you go to Ephesians 5, the Bible says a husband must die for his wife. It literally says he has to die for his wife. I mean, I can go read it for you, but we don't have time. And then you go to the woman, and the women are like, you know what? If a guy can't afford me, he can't have me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then you think about all these extremes. Huh? And we've got all this, this feminism stuff where the woman, on one side they're all fighting so that they can have some value and in, in, in contribution in society. But at the same time, they're like, you know what? You've got to put a ring on it. You know what I'm saying? And that ring has to be worth like 500 grand before. Are you with me? Has anyone ever read the scriptures? These are Christian people. They actually say they are Christian. I've, I heard it come out of their mouths. I mean, you go to Proverbs 30, 31, you see how this woman rises up early in the morning, how she pursues wisdom how she works with her hands and her gifts to provide for her family and it says that this is a woman of substance we'll get into it but do you see the imagery that we carry as people do you see how the church has taken the world and dumped this this worldly stuff and this fleshly stuff into the framework of marriage and think we think we can just add jesus to our ideas he made the thing your ideas must die are you with me? 
Otherwise, it ain't going to work. Amen. Anybody want to shout out some words of wisdom that they have learnt over the years of their long marriage? Anyone? Clive? (laughs) That is wisdom. To protect your family from intruders. (laughs) Buy a bulletproof vest. Good one, yes. But listen, that is the truth, you know, because people don't understand this. People think that if I just pray to God, I just pray and, you know, I plead the blood of Christ over my marriage, it's going to come right. No, 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 no. You are called to be a husband. Be a husband. Your, your journey is to go to God and learn to be a human being that carries some weight and value so that you've got something to give. Not, oh, you know what, Lord, I'll just pray and you'll fix the marriage. Doesn't work, guys. And you know what happens? Five years later, they actually get divorced, and who gets the blame? I prayed, Pastor, (laughs) every day. I plead the blood of Christ. That's not even in the Bible, by the way. I pleaded the blood of Christ over my husband. Maybe it wasn't your husband that was the problem. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Come on, man. Same goes with parenting. Same goes with friendship. Same goes, yes, we just, you know, we're praying for the, no, maybe it starts with you. Amen? Amen. Maybe it's something that we have to grow into. Right. We have to change before the thing's going to become different. Have you ever spoken to somebody who's been married like five times? Five people that came into their lives were all so wrong. And there's a common denominator. But they just can't see it. You know? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? The moment that you get to the end of yourself, the end of your flesh, maybe marriage number six is going to be the way God wanted it to be. You know? Better late than never. (laughs) <laughs> Amen. So we're going to go deep into marriage, and we're going we're to show you how it challenges you as a man, and then we're going to show you how it challenges you as a woman, and it's going to challenge all of those traditional beliefs that you thought were correct, that came down from your religion, came down from your parents, came down from your great-grandparents. We're going to challenge all those things by showing you the, the true framework that God has laid out for it. Amen. Are you guys ready for it? So men turn to your woman and say, you are a Proverbs 31 woman. From <laughs> Francais. <laughs> and no, turn. Man. Huh? This is South Africa, I must say. Ex machio, you look at them. And turn to your husbands and say, you will die for me. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. According to Ephesians 5, you will die. <laughs> Something, something's not right. It's, it's not if you don't die by yourself, I will, I will make sure you fulfill the word of God in your life. I will unalive you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So guys, to prepare your hearts to go deep into this stuff, meditate this week. Love covers a multitude of sins. Practice it vertically. Practice it horizontally. Love covers a multitude of sins. Value independent of performance. Amen. 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 Give God a big round of applause, everybody.